Welcome to the Raising Real Estate Standards Podcast with your hosts, Brian and Mark Mann. Welcome back to Raising Real Estate Standards. Um, this week, there have been a couple of um, news articles and um, newsworthy items that came out, um, and we're going to kind of digest those and talk about them. Um, um, there is, for, for those of you that don't know, you should know, especially if you're in our industry, um, um, there are a couple of lawsuits that are class action lawsuits that have been filed against uh, multiple brokerages, Remax being one of them, um, and uh, um, some, some news has come out this week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so um, this stuff's been going on for a little while now. Um, we've known it's been kind of in the hopper for a bit. And, yeah, everything's – I feel like it's starting to come to its point where it's speeding up a little bit to where whatever's going to happen is going to happen. Sure. Um, for those of you who don't know, uh, these um, the, the two lawsuits that uh, I'm speaking of uh, were filed in Illinois and uh, Missouri. Um, and uh, – you know, a lot of the information has not been made public, but a lot of it has. Um, but to, to kind of drill down to the crux of it, um, there are um, the lawsuits are claiming that it is is not appropriate for sellers to be paying buyer agent commissions. That there is a, a distinct, um, you know, conflict between that the act of a seller paying buyer age commissions, which t- traditionally has been the norm in our industry in residential real estate. Um, and um, um, this week, uh, a couple of uh, large um, uh, franchisors and brokerage owners um, have set have proposed settlements um, um, that, that have made news. Um, Anywhere Real Estate, which is a large franchise franchising real estate company, which includes a number of large brands, Century 21, Caldwell Banker, ERA, Sotheby's, Corcoran. I I may be missing some, but a a large number of uh, brands underneath this umbrella um, uh, made a a proposed settlement uh, of a little over $83 million um, to to settle with um, the plaintiffs. Um, as well, Remax LLC, which is not a brokerage, but it is a franchising organization, uh, also entered into a, um, a proposed settlement for $55 million. Um, and uh, I want to preface something because these both of these are proposed settlements. They have to be um, reviewed by a judge and then approved. Um, but basically, I know from uh, uh, Remax's side and uh, through communications from the CEO down to us as brokerage owners and franchisees, um, they're, they're, we are still denying any wrongdoing in the, in the case and that uh, this really is a business decision to uh, mitigate um, potential exposure uh, as things go on. It costs a lot of money in these large cases to hire attorneys and things of that nature. So they made a business decision to look forward, going forward, to, to have this in their rearview mirror. Yeah, so that kind of lays the groundwork of kind of what we're here to talk about today because people, if you've seen this, if you've seen this news or 
even if you haven't seen it, you're probably asking, how does this affect me? Right. How does this affect me? What is this going to do? Do, do I even care about it? Sure. Um, and and I'm, I'm going to preface our conversation today is the opinions of Mark and Brian. This is not the opinions of Remax, Remax LLC, or surrounding Remax organizations. Um, this is just our rudimentary opinion, and it could change as more information is made public. But at the risk of uh, um, saying something that we change our, our our stance on, we want to talk about the things that are current. We've always put ourselves out there. We're un- unapologetic for um, talking about the current situation in real estate. And so that being said, let's dive into what does what do we feel this means for real estate agents going forward and how is this going to affect you and what you need to do to make sure that uh, you're not um, um, left in the wake of a, of a, of a shakeup. Yeah, and I think it's, it's important to start this conversation with kind of where they were coming from or what the process has been in the past. Uh, f- for example, so if uh, you're, a, you're a buyer buying a home um, and you're represented by a buyer's agent helping you buy the said home and you go and you purchase a piece of property, well, that buyer's agent is technically paid via the listing agent in a cooperating compensation uh, situation. So what they're saying here is, is if a, if a buyer is, if a buyer's agent is representing a buyer, why is the seller having to pay the buyer's agent? Absolutely. So you've, you've, we're, we're going to kind of bounce around in some timeline here for a second. You've laid the groundwork of why the suit is there. And if you logically think about it, it makes sense. Why should one party on one side of a transaction pay for the representation of the other side? In, in, in just about every other instance, in, in, in commerce, in business, in law, people have their own representation and they pay for their own representation. Why is real estate any different? Okay. Rewind. Let's see, let's talk about how we got there. Back in the eighties, um, real estate, in the most part, um, there were real estate. Obviously, there were real estate agents. They all represented sellers. There was no buyer agency. There were only sellers agents. That's where the term buyer beware came from. Correct. And 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 so every real estate agent in the eighties and prior to that were representatives of the seller. And this phenomenon of, of just everybody working for the seller as their representative um, is when is where the the concept started, where all agents were compensated by a commission structure that was paid for by the seller because everybody represented the seller, right? So for a long period of time, everybody was paid by the seller because everybody represented the seller. Well, in the 80s, uh, buyer agency um, came into fruition. We won't uh, talk about how, why or how, but we all know it's, it makes sense that, that buyers have representation. So when they, when they started to institute buyer representation, well, they had to figure out how to get buyers paid, a buyer's agents paid. I mean, they need to be compensated for their time if they're representing the, um, a particular party. However, the rules were not in place, and they're still not in place, that would allow a buyer 
who is ha, doesn't have the cash, doesn't have excess resources to be able to pay for a, a buyer agent commission. So they just kept it the way it was, which was sellers paying a portion, not, we won't talk about what that portion should be, but paying a portion of the commissions uh, to a, a buyer's agent. And so it just kind of just, it was the way it was done before. A new buyer agency came into place in the 80s, so we just kept compensating the same way. However, back to the conversation we just we were just having, it does not make sense. Mm-hmm. In my mind, it does not make sense for a seller to be paying for the representation for a buyer. There's conflict there. It just doesn't make sense. And so uh, fast forward to... 2023, 2022, when the uh, or, or whenever the law, lawsuits were filed, uh, consumers, a couple of consumers came together and said, this isn't right, and they filed a lawsuit. Here we are today. They're now uh, trudging through the mud of, of what lawsuits do, and uh, caught up in the middle of this is uh, real estate brokerages, uh, real estate franchising companies, um, as well as the National Association of Realtors and subsequently MLSs across the country. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what does this mean for you? What does this mean for you? Now, we, we've asked that question several times. Um, first and foremost, I think the, 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 the toothpaste is out of the tube. It has come out and there's no putting it back in. There is going to be a time in the very near future I feel that buyers are going to be responsible for paying buyer agent commissions. Correct. I mean, that's that's just the that's, bottom line. Yeah. That's that's what they're looking to to do. The, I think that's the rule change that they're looking to change. Um, and so, what does that mean for you as buyers agents? Most importantly, you've got to figure out how to articulate your value. Number one, you have to figure out how to articulate your value. Um, for so long, and also part of the deal. A buyer's agents would look their clients in the eye and say, hey, I can help you buy this house. I will help you get through this process. And oh, by the way, it's not going to cost you anything. Well, that was not factual. Right. That was a lie. I mean, they were paying for it. They were paying for it in the purchase price. Correct. Um, so let's, let's, let's break down what you guys can do um, to prepare yourself for the inevitable train that's coming down the track and make sure you're not left behind. Mm-hmm. I want to start w- with one thing. For us in North Carolina, um, we have a buyer's agency agreement, and it states on the buyer's agency agreement what the buyer is responsible to compensate that buyer's agent. It's It's been there for a while. So we've had the ability for the buyer's agent to have this conversation. Sure. A lot of people haven't. A lot of people, it's, it's just, it is what it is. They just, you know, they'll, they'll just see what's on the cooperating compensation and, and roll with that. Yep. Um, but we've had it here. I don't know about every other state, but we've had it here already. So this is just going to be kind of next level stuff from there. Right. And, you know, we, we talked, I mean, uh, a lot of things, the, the real estate market in um, 2019 to 2022, um, you know, we all, for those that were there experiencing it, shot off like a rocket. And um, there, you know, it was just, it was a, the, a wild and crazy business. And during that time period, something happened. You know, uh, there was a there was a shift in what sellers were willing to pay, even in this this same model of, of, of paying 
or, or compensating by our agencies, there was a slight shift and a downward tick in what agents or what uh, sellers were willing to pay. So what you had is there was a gap between what buyer's agents wanted to be paid and what sellers were willing to pay. And so we have, you know, we were talking about this earlier this week. Uh, and right now, kind of what we're in is that that kind of that flux, that that in-between phase of, of where we're probably going to end up and where we were 10 years ago. Um, and so right now, as you said, buyer's agents are doing one of two things. They're just sucking it up and getting paid less. I would argue you should not do that. Or two, they are uh, talking to their clients up front and saying, this is what I, I've, I'm expecting to get compensated. I will go seek compensation from the sellers first, but if there is any deficiency or any um, um, amount that they're not willing to pay me, Mr. Buyer, I, it's going to be on the closing statement that you're going to have to cover the difference. Those conversations are having every single day and I've talked to a number of attorneys, and it is becoming much more of the norm seeing those types of compensations being paid by both parties. Mm -hmm. uh, the market drove this process over the last couple of years, just the market being as, as wild as it was. Um, sellers did not have to pay buyer's agents as much because they could sell their house overnight, let's say. Um, sure. so, so I hate to say it, but the value technically wasn't there as much as it would be in a normal market. Let's call it that. The perceived value. Correct. Let's yeah. just call I mean, yeah. it, it is what it is. The, the, the consumer's perceived value of a buyer agent's, um, help in this transaction was diminished. You and I both know that a buyer's agent's, um, um, value is not an opening and locking doors. Absolutely. That's not why we get paid. We right. don't get paid to make sure the house was locked up Correct. when we left. Correct. We make we get paid to make sure that a buyer is protected during the most stressful and complex purchase that a, the average consumer will do in their lifetime. Right. And there's a lot of stuff that has to happen. That's where the value comes right. into play. Absolutely. Um, um, but it, there was a there was a shift in how that compensation was going to happen. Correct. Um, and so here we are today. What can you do? First and foremost, open your eyes, open your ears, and be open to change. Let's say that again. Open your eyes, open your ears, and be open to change. The most frustrating thing as a managing broker that I hear today, and I hear it often but it is super frustrating, is the term, it's not fair from a buyer's agent. I, I was going to say that because, yeah, during, the, during this last little bit when the market did uh, uh, react and, and make it kind of uneven from that standpoint, let's call it, we heard it's not fair. I'm not an attorney, but I would say that right there is simply antitrust. Yes, just, just saying, basically, hey, I expect to be paid as much as this person is paid, because I'm, I'm, I'm me. Correct. Yeah. Let's and let's just be honest. We're we're dealing in a world of business. Business is not fair. Mm -hmm. That's not what this is all about. It's about being compensated for a service and the value in which you can articulate to the person making said payment for your service. Mm -hmm. um, so the the fact you know, it's not fair. Get it out of your mind. Don't say it. 
Here's the other thing. Buyer's agents, it is not up to the listing agent and the seller to determine how much you get paid. It's not up to them to determine how much you get paid. It's up to you. Mm-hmm. It's up to you in the conversation you have with your client on the front end with a buyer. That's how you determine how much you're getting paid. And if you do not feel confident enough to look your buyer in the eye and say, hey, this is how much I'm worth. This is what I'm going to do for you. And, oh, by the way, you need to do this because I'm really good at my job. If you have trouble having that conversation, one of two things are going to happen. One, you're going to get paid less. Day one, from here on out, you're going to get paid less. So you're going to have to figure out what you're going to do. You're going to live on less. You're going to have to do more transactions. Um, but but you've already you've already determined that your value is not what you want it to be. Or number two, you're going to get out of the business if you're not willing to articulate your your um, your value and you're not willing to go to bat to try to get your, what you want to get compensated, what you want to get compensated. Those are the two options that you're going to have: get out of the business or get paid less for your for your for your work. Um, that's a harsh reality, but it's one that a lot of people are going to experience over the next, you know, several years. And especially as this process speeds up, as 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 the companies come to to grips with what the the you know changes are going to be, which we're let, still unaware what those are going to be, but there are going to be changes. Um, it's important for you to be able to. Um, Know your value and articulate it to your clients. And let's let's explain this too. And let's you got to understand if you can't articulate your value, you are nothing more than a commodity. You as a buyer's agent is nothing more than a commodity. You are no different than Joe next door that's also a buyer's agent. If you can't articulate your value, you are nothing but a commodity. And therefore, price is one hundred percent what determines a consumer using you is going to be. Absolutely. So what do we do? So we had this conversation with the mastermind group uh, this week. What can you do? Yeah, I don't know. I don't, you know, if, if you're look, if you're listening to this and you're asking yourself, I don't know how to answer that question. That's okay. You, you know, you're not out of luck today, but you need to get prepared. You need to start figuring out what your value is. And more importantly, you need to look at yourself in the mirror. And we've talked about this, doing the mirror test. Are you good at what you do? If you ask yourself, if you look at yourself in the mirror and say, am I good at what I do? Am I a good buyer's agent? Most of you guys are going to say, yes, I'm a damn good buyer's agent. Well, then you know what? You need to be paid like one, mm-hmm. period. You need to be paid like one. If you're not, if you look in the mirror and say, eh, I'm average, okay, well, then either up the skills of your game or build a business around doing it for less, Yeah. period. Be, be average. Be average. So... It, for those of you that said I'm a really good um, buyer's agent, I deserve to be paid what I'm what I want to get paid, um, but I just don't know how to articulate. Spend the next six months writing down in a journal everything you do for a buyer. Just write it down because I'm telling you right now, if you if you take the time to write down what you're doing for them. It's going to reveal itself what your value is pretty quickly. Um, and then you take that and then you build a, um, um, a conversation that you're going to have with all of your clients as to why they should choose you first and then second, why they should pay you what you want to get paid. You have to be intentional about it. We talk about intentionality. You have to do something. It's not just going to magically appear. 
the brokerage and the office you work for is not going to be able to put these words in your mouth. It's up to you as the individual. Mm-hmm. So prepare today. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's that's the main gist of this whole thing today is you have to be prepared. If you're not, this is going to be a sweeping change that really is going to affect just about everybody out there. Yep. Absolutely. So as, as, we, as we wrap up today's conversation, um, I think it's, a, it's, it's not a bad thing. I think <laughs> it makes sense. I think what is going on logically makes sense as to the changes that will probably be coming down the pipe. Prepare yourself. And it's an opportunity because there's going to be a lot of people who are not going to take the time to be able to articulate their value who are going to be left behind. And that just means there's more business for you if you're willing to, to put in the work and step up your game um, and, and prepare the conversations that you're going to be having in the next year or two with your clients that you're not having today, that you're not required to have today, but you do need to be having them. Yeah, and I'll be honest with you as a business person, once you figure out how to do this and actually do it effectively – you're going to be happier. You're going to be, you're going to feel like you're more in control of your business. No doubt. No doubt. Guys, thank you so much for uh, uh, entertaining with us today. And uh, um, as, as we go forward, we're always uh, um, trying to be on the uh, cutting edge or leading edge of the everything going on in the real estate. And uh, we appreciate you joining us on our journey. Take care. You've just listened to another episode of the Raising Real Estate Standards podcast. If you've benefited from what you've heard, please subscribe. We would really appreciate it if you rated, reviewed, and shared this episode. You can contact us at RaisingRealEstateStandards.com, email us at info at RaisingRealEstateStandards.com, and you can find us on your favorite social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube, all under the heading of Raising Real Estate Standards.